I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host this evening. We're back in our usual Sunday night slot, live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter at half eight. Um, at the end of a Rangers free weekend, uh, even though we weren't playing because our game against Hibs was pulled forward for television, still plenty we're talking about and just as well before this, um, this free hit of a show because there was plenty Plenty of topics to get through on uh, Friday night show that we didn't we ran, ran out of time for. Here to get through a long list of talking points. Uh, first of all, fresh, freshly ready after these technical difficulties, David Tomlinson. Yeah, hello. I, ho- I hope you can all hear me because I've uh, I've had been having a nightmare of of a start. Uh, back to the old earphones uh, and, and and microphones. So I hope it's uh, okay. And uh, no. Hope you hope we get some decent things to talk about <laughs> since we didn't have a game. Uh, there's plenty of plenty of talking points, don't you worry. Um joining us for um maybe a wee three, four week break since you've been on Craig. Um welcome back. Aye, uh, I thought you were scunnered with me with all the moon stuff I was doing. Uh, and uh, I, I I was scared to come back and talk up Michael Beale before uh, he got a win, so He's got a winning song back, um, and I can be positive again. Good. I well, um, starting the new year, new me early for this podcast. We're no longer the shower of money bastards, and we are the unsufferable, um, I don't know, blazer chasers, I suppose we'll turn in. It's just it's about time um, a wee bit of cheerleading comes for the gallant few. Um, here they round off the rota, Davey Pork. How are you? Smash and Colin, good to be with these guys, and hello to all our listeners or listener. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, I look forward to getting to uh, Matters Rangers. So, 
business as usual. Business as usual. And as always, hello to everybody watching live on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Um, as always, get your, your comments in the comment section and any questions, get them in and we'll work through them. Um, just a wee bit of indulgence, if you don't mind, at the very top of the pod. Um, obviously, we're trying to grow the pod and reach more people. So if you can find us a like um, or a subscriber, or follow, wherever you get the podcast, um, just helps us push into the algorithms and get a few more listeners. So it'd be much appreciated if you can find us a like or follow wherever you're, you're getting your podcast. Um, so... First, uh, first bit of news we'll chat through. Um, we didn't quite get to touch on at all on on Friday night because we were covering the the three two and over Hibs. But last week it was announced that there was two contract extensions for Yanis Haji and Leon King, both until twenty twenty six. So I want to get your thoughts on that, gents. Um, David Thomason, I'll start with you, and we'll um, we'll go round the table, um, talking one player each first. Yanis um, Haji. Long-term listeners will know I'm a big, big fan of Haji, uh, but there's been some concern with um, <laughs> I go in the follow, follow, faithful on the Twitter loyal um, about giving a contact extension to an injured player. Uh, where do you land in this one? Yeah, well, it's always difficult. It's always going to wait to see to see what happens when he comes back. Uh, Haji didn't have a lot of pace, so. You've got to hope that the the pace he had that he's he's, he's kept it. Um, I've no no problem. The boy's only twenty four year old, uh, so I've no problem giving him a contract. He's certainly a good enough player to give a quite a contract extension. And it was funny that Michael Beale said in his interview that he had actually kept in touch with Hadji. So I, I was I was sort of a wondering was he going going to be off to Queens Park Rangers uh, if if uh, if Beale had stayed there? So. But uh, no, I'm, I think it's a good move. I think it's uh, good for uh, for both. I think Hadji's enjoying his football here, and I think Rangers uh, can certainly use Hadji. Uh, he certainly makes a difference to the team when he comes on. Uh, he's one of the players that's got a wee bit of imagination and uh, can make things happen. So all round, I'm 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 happy with it, and uh, I think it's a good thing. Craig, Yanis um, Hadji, he. Uh, I've kind of been comparing Malik Tillman uh, to him slightly um, in terms of that you're, you're not going to get 90 minutes of contribution for a player like Haji. I think the, the OCO terms are luxury player. Um, but at the same time, you do need players like that in your squad. And I think if we look back to what he has contributed in his first six months, uh, his performances in Europe, what he contributed to 55. We don't need every player to come in and play 65 games, we'd, but we do need players to add value when they come on. I absolutely think he he can add value and his growth potentially gets so much better. Yeah, and like the comment that just came in there, um, I, w- I would disagree as to going so far as to say that his whole form was garbage. What I would say is that um, he, he's been massively inconsistent throughout his whole time at Rangers. Um, he came in and hit the ground running. We thought we were getting a, like a Rolls-Royce um, type player. And, um, I think what he is, is he's, got, he's somebody that's got huge, huge potential um, and he's shown it. Um, and what I like is that he's not just shown it. You, you mentioned there about the European performances that he has. Um, the likes of a Braga away, like he, his passing. Um, I was at that game, the first Braga game away, 
Um, and he ripped them apart with a with a pass. And I'm sure it was his pass that, that put Ryan Kent in um, for the goal. Um, yeah. He surely missed the penalty that night as well. But um, he's done it domestically. Like he he's not one of the players that just um, you can tell that he's not really up for playing the domestic games, like the away games against St. Johnson and stuff. Like um, he he's one of the ones that will get tore in. Um, sometimes his tackling is a bit rash, um, but. The, the, the big thing for me with, with Hadji is that, um, like you says, you won't see him for 20 minutes and then he'll pop up and it'll be like a strike for outside box. Like, like that free kick that he scored against Braga at home, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't actually him that scored it, it was the, the deflection, but he's probably one of the only players in the team that's actually going to take it from there. Um, similar to the likes of Lawrence that were missing massively just now as well. Players that will try things that um, 90% of the team won't. Do you know what I mean? We rely on the likes of a Tavernier who's a right back and taking shots outside the box and stuff. And um, he brings a massive, um, like, just completely different type of footballer to what we've got just now. Um, pace is non existent. Like, see, I used to laugh, like, see, when I sit, like, I, I would moan about it because he actually looks as if he's running on um, quicksand when he runs. But, um, nah, I, I think. Um, for what he's shown already, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about giving him a, a, an extension to his contract. I'm going to hazard a guess that he's probably not got a, an increase in his wages. Um, um, I swore I wouldn't moan about Ross Wilson, but Ross Wilson has probably uh, given him like a, a couple of a wee extra per year uh, knowing Ross Wilson. But um, no, nah, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. Um, it was a pleasant surprise, if I'm being honest, because he's one of the ones that we don't hear very much of just now for obvious reasons. And then his name pops up, and it's like, hopefully, that's another wee bit of positivity to kick him on for coming back. Definitely. Um, Davey, I'll come to you last. Um, a few comments just about his inconsistency, and I think that is fair to call out. And back to that, what, what I mentioned at the start that he's that luxury player and he, he is going to be inconsistent, and but he is still young. What I do like about Yanis Hadji is before his injury, he there was notable improvements in his game um, since he first joined Rangers. And I think he's he's only 24. He's still got a lot of potential, but just the maturity he approaches the, the game and his professionalism. I, I hark back to when he, he, wasn't, he had a massive dip in form for Romania and Rangers and he was dropped from the remaining first squad and the remaining under-21s and he was interviewed about it and he, he very much spoke about it as a good thing. If he's no performing at that level, then he has to go down and perform and, and get back up to it. That's his chance to prove that he should be back in. And the international break after that, he was straight back in the, the remaining first team. Uh, I really like um, the interviews and the snippets you hear for Yanis Adji and how he speaks. Yeah, he's, he seems a level-headed young man. So and kind of grounded, you know. He's, he's for me, I, I like Yanis Hadji. I really like Yanis because I think he's got you know what we've often called the Hollywood ball in him. You know, he'll do something which is just completely left field, split open a defence. You know, he's so he's got that in him, I, and I do like his attitude because in I think the fifty-five season, I could be wrong here, but I think he was our most fouled player. In that season, because you know the op- the opposition clearly see him as someone who can hurt them, but I've got I'm delighted he's, he's signed a new deal. Delighted because 
not every. I mean, being being injured is is part of a footballer's bag, isn't it? It's they're they're going to get injured from time to time, and and the injury that he got was uh, clearly a bad one. But uh, I expect to see Yanis back contributing, and it was good to hear Michael Beale speak so highly of him after you know that he did with Tillman, and you can see that they're for me anyway kind of similar type players. You know where they're they are. A step up in quality for when you look at throughout our squad, they're clearly just maybe just have a wee higher standard. Uh, so I'm that augurs well for Michael Beale's kind of outlook on on the sort of player that we we should have in, in our squad, that we should uh, be achieving that level of quality. But I'm looking forward to get Yanis Hadji back, you know, sometime in 2023. So hopefully, it'll, sometime in the first quarter because. Uh, he will be a, a very useful addition. And Michael Beale also mentioned Tom Lawrence, you know, as, as, as a type of player, which uh, Greg's also mentioned. And <clears throat> so it's, it looks good, you know, that we'll get some central defenders back and we can get the likes of Tom Lawrence and Yanis uh, Hadji back in, as, as midfield options. I think it would be... a uh, And Yanis and Hadji played wide right, which not very successfully, I would say, because I think he's... He is more a kind of a ten than than, than being plugged. He just doesn't have the pace for it, as, as we all know. So, no, I'm uh, delighted that Yanis Hadji's kind of committed his future to Rangers. It's uh, I'm, I don't know whether it's significant that Michael Beale has arrived and then he's now signed the deal, but clearly from what David said, you know that they had kept in touch. You know when he was at uh, Aston Villa and QPR, then. I think that speaks volumes in terms of where Michael Beale uh, sees the, the ability of of Yanis Hadji. So, I think we're all in agreement. Yanis Hadji, great bad business, and I don't want to use too many cliches, but that whole like a new signing when he comes back, we keep on speaking about how this squad needs a huge rebuild. But I think players like Yanis Hadji will be approaching the PT's career. Um, usually 26, 27 in a couple of years' time. So he could be a huge player that we actually we actually look to get more out of in the summer once he's back as well with along along the same lines of Malik Tillman who will continue to improve if he stays Tom Lawrence when he comes back. So no, I'm glad. See, see, uh, see, uh, see the likes of Bassi um, and like the it's like Insurgents, it came from as if it came from nowhere, um, and a lot of stuff kind of get attributed to to from Broncos. And from Broncos seemed to kind of lap that up that it was him that kind of unearthed this absolute diamond and um, nurtured him into the player that he turned into be for us that season. But see for that to happen, it's not like a. I mean, from Broncos really had a few weeks, and with him. And then all of a sudden he seemed to be this player from nowhere that we'd unearthed and he'd really come into his own. I don't believe that. I do believe that he obviously put a lot into him and gave him a lot of faith and gave him the opportunity in the team. But I like to think that a lot of that came for Beal and see like the way he speaks of players. I mean, like Davey spoke about it there, like Tillman. He's, he's talking up Tillman big and like basically more or less saying he's got the potential of being the best player that we've got in this country right now. Then he talks about Hadji. He seems to have this way, and he's. But at the same point, he's also said, "I'm not here to be friends with these players." Um, I do believe that a lot of that came from from Michael Beale. Um, 
I, I think it's widely known um, that he he was the man on the park. He seems to be doing that now as well, where he's he's pictured on the training park a lot. Um, I'd like to think that the likes of Haji and stuff will see that and go, this is a guy that I want to be playing for. Um, I don't know. I, I might be reading too much into that, but I just, I, I find it hard to believe the whole hype that Van Bronckhorst was the man that made Bassi the player that he turned into be for us because you can't do that in a couple of weeks. Do you know what I mean? No, uh, you're right. And we we already started to see the signs of Bassi's improvement under Gerard and Bale as well. But I think, I think most of the credit has to go to Calvin Bassi himself. He's, I've never seen a player just improve week on week um, throughout a season. And I'm not saying Van Bronckhorst wouldn't have had any input. But no, I think the foundations were already laid, Craig. I think you're spot on there. Um, so we're all in agreement with Haji being a good uh been a very good bad news. Um, Leon King is split opinion a wee bit more, and I'm going to get on my high horse a wee bit here, gentlemen, because I, I don't know if it's just because it's a young player coming through, and we all like to see um, young boys come through, live the dream, and then just sign for Rangers for the next 15 years and go and win countless trophies with them. But um, I'm seeing a lot of doubt and people writing off Leon King already um, for me Davey Thomas I'll come to you first um, I think he's been falling at a deep end and he's played more than what we should have expected him to play already this season at a much higher level uh, We you made the point a few weeks ago that he's went for playing in the 5th the or 6th division in Scotland to world football's elite competition Um I'm delighted Leon King's going to be here until 2026 and I see a massive future for him. Yeah, definitely. The guy's just turned 18. I mean, you, how can how can we, we, we have, be critical of him when, when, when he's just 18? That, that, that's what we've got to remember. Um, I mean, when as I say, I, I said last week, it used to be that when, when you came through the youth, you get put into the reserve team. We don't have that anymore, so you're, you're stuck in the B team. And when I mean centre half is also a position. I mean a lot of people talk about the boy from Hearts and the boy other young boys coming in, but there's very few of them centre halves. They're most mostly a left back or a right back, or or a, a another position that's that there's less um, urgency in. But a, a centre half is one of the probably the most important positions in the field. So asking a young boy of eighteen to come in and like like I, the way I said it was that we was playing against Stirling University and teams like that a few weeks ago, um, it, it's just unbelievable and it's just unfair that he's of course of course he's not the the, the player that that we're all hoping at the moment. Of course he's not that because he's he's only eighteen. He's, he's just learning. I mean when. When, if you phone somebody up and ask them to fix your television and a, a young boy of 16, 17, 18 walks in, you'll be thinking to yourself, does that guy know what he's doing? And it's just the same as, as, as a football player. They're just starting out. They're just learning their, their, their trade. And that's uh, that is just having been critical of them is, is just crazy. As I say, it's the most important part of position in the park. Uh, if you if your centre-halves are not... not Working well, then uh, well we we seen that against Hibs <laughs> when we had two centre halves that didn't work well. So I mean that's uh, 
the, the the boys done done really good for for what we should expect them to do. Aye, and that in in no way am I saying that he gets a bye every time he makes a mistake, uh, because he's not like that's you do see people go the other way where you, you criticise a young player coming through and it's almost like, hold on, no. you can't criticise him, 18, he's just learning. No, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can say he didn't play well that game, but yes, I realise he's 18 and he's really make mistakes. David Pollock, will come to you. Um, I think that's uh, an issue in, in big clubs um, who demand success. We like the idea, we like the notion uh, of of young players coming through and embedding themselves in the team, getting time. But the practicality isn't always as romantic as the idea. So going forward, how much game time should Leon King be getting for the rest of the season? <clears throat> well, I mean, that would really depend on, on the availability of others because Leon King has played more football than probably we had planned for him because of the injury situation. So he was pretty much kind of thrown in there and left to get on with it. You know, and, and as you said, he's gone to the Champions League. You know, Anfield uh, is, is an 18-year-old, which is uh, will bring his development on, hopefully. Hopefully, the, the benefit of all of this, mm-hmm. the silver lining, is that <clears throat> he's accumulating that experience way way faster than than perhaps he would have. But I've, I've got uh, every confidence in the ability of Leon King. You know, and, and the, the question is, does, does he learn? Does he progress? And that's what you're hoping to see. You know, of course he'll make mistakes. You know, all players will do that. So we shouldn't be uh, kind of hypercritical of Leon King. I think the boy's uh, shown a superb attitude in terms of uh, going in there, doing his level best, you know, showing commitment, showing a, a good level of ability. And hopefully that he can improve on that, you know, and that's... Uh, but at the same time, you know, we've asked Michael Beale to be ruthless. So... He, he should be ruthless. So if Leon King, you know, has come in 18 or otherwise and has shown, you know, that he's the, the mistakes are just far too frequent, he's just not reached the level that we, we would require, then, you know, we should be, a, we should have no conscience in terms, you know, that Leon King's not, not, not for us. But the backroom staff have now, you know, the vote of confidence they've just given him is that he does ha- he's, he's just had a new contract. So clearly the, the backroom staff at Ibrox believe that Leon King is capable of further development and will improve as a player and he will add value to the Rangers squad. And uh, so the, the, it's, it's, the, it's always in the future, isn't it? Leon King has done well. I mean, I, I, I really can't understand why people would be... Uh, Critical of, of Leon King's contribution. I thought the boy's done superbly well. So, because we're Rangers fans and we're infamous for being fucking mental at times. We are. like, um, let's, um, And we're all guilty of it. Everybody in the comments and everybody who comes on this podcast, we're all guilty of the odd, for fuck's sake, Tav, or just being a bit too impatient at Ibrox. So, uh, we're not going to change. We've been like this long before I started following Rangers. We'll be like that long after. Um, but I think, yeah, we're not going to change. I, I think we just need to take a step back uh, at times and, and see the wood for the trees. Um, oh, on, when I, on the club deck on Thursday, I was, I was conscious that maybe I just see this and there was a couple of Tav for fuck's sake moments, you know, and then when I've said it, you know, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, I've become one of them. Oh no, I have to stop it. 
Sorry, David T, you were coming in there. Yeah, sorry. Um, you put me off there. Um, yeah, what I was going to say, you've, you've got to remember as well um, that uh, the players round about him were playing rubbish at that time as well. Tavernier was playing rubbish. Uh, Sands wasn't that great at that time. So, I mean, you're expecting an experienced player next to him to help him. And we didn't have that. We just had, it was just get in there, son, and do your best. And as I said, the players round about them were well, Barisic isn't the, the, the greatest person to help anybody. And as I said, Tavernier was, well, he says he was injured now. Uh, and that's just the, the, the way it is. A, a young boy, 18, and players round about him. The midfield, look at the midfield, the way play the, the midfield were playing. Uh, so, it's difficult when you've got a number of players to to try and watch at the same time because the midfield aren't picking them up, picking players up. Then as a centre half, you're 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 getting stuck, and I don't care whether you you're a, a great centre half or, or just a young a young pop as he is. They're they you're just going to get caught out and and make mistakes. And it's. The, the goalkeeper and the centre halves, the, the 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 players that you when they do make a mistake, it's normally a goal against you, and it, 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 you notice it. When somebody out in the right wing makes a mistake, yeah, you get frustrated at it, but it's not not, not normally a lethal mistake. And when it's when it's, I say it's when it's centre half, it's normally a lethal mistake. Craig, we're going to take a couple of listeners' questions, and I'm going to fire this one at you first because it's. Kind of along the same lines as what we're talking about. Um, good old friend of the pod, uh, David Heard. Hadji, Tillman and Lawrence all play the same role as Lowry. He needs more first-team games. He won't learn grow in the B team. So, David Ashton, doing it alone, um, Lowry out in January. The reason I bring that up is because it's kind of the same, same conversation as Leon King. Yes, they need to merit it, but and we shouldn't just be playing for them for the sake playing them for the sake of playing them, but they do need we do need to grow these players, and I think Alex Lowry is a talent. So, probably that question to you is: What do we do with Lowry, and how often do we play him? I, I would be extremely disappointed if we loaned Lowry out. Um, I think Lowry would be extremely disappointed if he was loaned out as well. Um, I mean, let's face it; he's not going to get loaned out to a top Premiership team. Um, he's probably not going to get loaned out to any Premiership team and he's probably going to struggle to get into a Championship team right now so what kind of standard are we going to be sending the boy to um, and I think he, if we're putting him into another Scottish team um, the standard of football that you'd be playing around just now just wouldn't be what you're looking for um, I think Lowry brings I, I mean I get that he plays in a similar position to all these players but he brings something completely different um, we spoke about Hadji there, he doesn't have pace, but what he'll do is he'll shoot outside the box. Lawrence has pace, but he'll come back and he'll fight. And at one point, he's at the 18-yard box of the opposition team. And then the next minute, he's in the 18-yard box of our, um, our box, defended. Um, Tillman is a lawn himself. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he's been doing things that um, probably the only player that would come close is Aribo. Um, and he's got the, the close control and holding players off. Um He's probably ten times as frustrating as what Aribo was. Um, so I would I would disagree in terms of yes, they are the same position, 
same kind of, but they're not the same player. They're all different. And there's going to be games where we need game management. So you're probably going to need the likes of Lawrence and stuff, um, or Hadji, with the experience of playing in the league already, been there, done it. Um, there's going to be times when you do need Tillman to bring that different thing. Um, Alex Lowry, I've seen him like that's how we met Colin when we were watching the beating game. And, um, I'd heard a lot about him, but that game I was sitting there going, "This, who is this guy?" Um, I mean, he was bringing the ball down for thirty yards in the air and trapping it, and then with the second touch, putting it through the players' legs, um, and then pinging it a sixty-yard pass across the field, um, like. And you're talking about pinpoint accuracy type uh, passing. He looked so out of place that day, Craig. He looked, and that's the biggest compliment. He didn't belong on that pitch with, with other teenagers. Aye. And I, I, like, it's similar kind of hype to what Barry Ferguson was in C4 talking about. Remember like, the season Barry Ferguson played against Leverkusen and stuff? Could you imagine if we loaned him out at that point? Um, it just it, Now thinking back, I mean, he turned into Mr. Rangers. I mean, I grew up with him being... Like he was Mr. Rangers to me up until he started all his nonsense. Um, he seems, Lowry seems to be um, a player that's got his head in, head in his shoulders. Um, it, it, like, obviously, we've had players in the past. Do you know, I was going to bring something up there as well. See, we were talking about Leon King. We were talking about, David was talking about mistakes getting made and how um, it can tend to be magnified because of centre halves. See, if you think back to Malcolm, uh, Robert Malcolm. Or Bob, Bob, Big Bob. Um, ah, you gave them a Sunday name there, wouldn't you? I know, Robert. Uh, <laughs> uh, again. But, do you know, seeing that season, the whole team was playing absolute garbage. And, do you know, one of the defining moments was a mistake he made against Larson. Um, and that, he'll forever be known for that now because of that mistake. You'll know, you know remember like, how bad um, the midfield were, how we got overran, um, how inept we were up front, what you remember is the mistakes that the centre-halves make. Um, and it is just one of the positions where if you're good, you get a pat in the back and go, keep doing it. Um, if you make a mistake, you're liable to get labelled for that like for the rest of your days with Rangers. And that's just the way that we are. Um, so it's it's a, it's a tough shift for MD coming into a Rangers team. Um, so young, but to come into that position, it's uh, you, need a, you need broad shoulders. Um, and Malcolm, like Bob Malcolm, I, I still believe to this day that Bob Malcolm could have turned into a phenomenal football player. The Rangers had he had the proper work ethic. Do you know what I mean? Um, he was clearly not the best trainer. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? I don't think he, I don't think he moved more than like ten yards um, in a game. Um, but his range of passing and defensively, he was actually really, really good. Um, if he could, like, run, but. Aye, when David was talking about that there, it was Bob Malcolm came in my head um, for some change. That always surprises me, um, the amount of ex-Rangers players who interview and talk about how good he was in training. And the big question is, well, how the fuck could he not translate that onto the pitch at Ibrox? uh, By by the way, he had a season when he played in midfield and he actually... Ah, you done all right. He, he, he looked a player. Um, I think he needed Ferguson next to him when he was doing that, but uh, what a passer. Frightening. Uh, so, the two Davies, I've got to give you a question each from the listeners. Um, Curry, um, the 
our regular. Um, David Park, I'm going to label this one at you. Um, I've got a question off the back here. He says he's really got a feeling that we're going to be bringing in three or four of the B-team players that are on the fringes to replace the dad's army that will be punted. His money will be used elsewhere. So um, I don't want to go into too much in specifics about transfers in and out because we're going to record a, um, a, a transfer special show for the for the window opening. But the question I'll put to you, Davey, is... Is that is that feasible to start replacing the Deadwood over the next two windows with academy players? So when I talk about Deadwood, the the players who aren't contributing regularly enough. So Curry said the Dad's Army, so the likes of your Davis, your Arfield, um potentially. I'm more thinking along the lines of Scott Wright. Um, I know Rabbi Matondo just signed, but they type of players. Are we able to? Um, to bring in three or four academy players to you know to be squad fellas and get game time here and there, or is that too many young players up at the one time? It would really depend on the level of ability. It's up to the Rangers management team to assess these players, and and you don't really know until they cross the white line. And pretty much Alex Lowry's in the same, uh, he's in the same position as as any other player in the, in the B team in the academy. So all the Rangers management team can get you ready teach you your trade and get you to that white line. Once you cross the white line, it's pretty much up to you what you make of it. You know, if can you take instruction? Can you carry out what the manager's asked you to do? Can you do it to a good level? Are you are you a winner? or I mean, are you going to put in the work? I mean, so are you going to train hard? So all the, well, tick all these boxes. You know, you would think that all these people have ticked those boxes, but it's up until that white line and when they cross it, that's when it's showtime and that's when they need to deliver. So, I, I mean, it's Leon King. It's Once he's in the team, if if he performs at, an, at the, the correct level, he will stay in the team. It's exactly what happened with, with uh, Bassey last year. Bassey was thrown into that team because we were down to the bare bones, pretty much like we were on Thursday night. And, and Bassey then just uh, picked up the the mantle and, and, and off he went and, and just developed, got better, got better moved from left back to centre centre of defence. I think he moved centre of defence to left back. His performances were of a standard where he, he then just kept that position and he was, uh, and, and look what happened there. So you, all I would ask of the B team players who are moving to the first team squad is that use that as an example of where this can go. If you apply yourself, work hard, listen to what you're being told by by an excellent coaching team, then it's really much up to you what you make of it. And and if that means that we're going to replace the likes of uh, Scott Arfield, Steve Davis, you know, in, in the squad, then, you know, we will find out, you know, what, with the performances once, the, once they've actually got on the part, because I don't think there's any way of simulating it. You're not going to play any closed door games and find out, you know, whether they cope with the, the pressure of Ibrooks because it's a tough gig. So when, when they get on the pitch, I mean, Alex Lowry certainly looked good when I saw him. And <clears throat> the Sterling Albion match, I think it was the, the last time I saw him play for the first team. Uh, so it's, and, and certainly looks good, but it, it's really, once we get him in there and, and he delivers, he will get his chance. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting uh, Lowry out alone. He just looks an, an exceptional young talent. But at the moment, it's all potential. And we won't find out if it's anything other than potential 
until we get them over the white line. And that's true of all the B-team players. Uh, um, a couple of comments um, that probably help summarise my, my thinking behind that. So, Curry again, think, listen to all the really promising prospects we've got here, McCann, Larry Lovelace, there's others, there's Adam Devine, Cole McKinnon's a lonely party for this one now, I think Cole McKinnon's a fantastic footballer, um, I really hope to see him back um, over the next two windows but probably what I'm thinking is you're right Davey, we don't know until we get over that line and there's, there's invi- ultimately the, the level of ability will always dictate how far they go more often than not but there is certain certain uh, environments which help you grow as a player there and Craig you've just put something in our chat there about the, the test being um, up against Celtic um, being PC there's not quite the term you used but for every um, Calvin Bassey and Leon King there's a, a Miles Beerman. so do you remember Miles Beerman? there was a wee bit of hype around him he was falling at the deep end and he, he he got ran a mock at Ibrox um, off Celtic and he's never been seen since. He's the, the BC team in Malta, uh, or the, the second or third division in Malta, sorry. Now, I'm not saying that Miles Beerman was anywhere near as ta- talented as a Calvin Bassey, but I think um, Calvin Bassey had a better environment to grow in. So I think it's um, it would be interesting to see um, how, how well we do with that. See also on that as well, um, it's, it's another thing as well when they come in and they maybe hit the ground running, um, they play a few good games, they maybe have like a, an outstanding game. Um, I remember when Patterson came back after the suspension and scored that goal um, and like he, he, he was instantly back in the good books with Gerrard um, and he, st- he sustained it after that, he then kept getting better and better. There's been players that Rangers have brought in in the past, Stephen Hughes, um, who looked outstanding um, when he came into the first team. Um, I'm thinking back to games against Feyenoord when he literally bossed the midfield with, with Barry Ferguson, um, going against Hearts away and, and scoring and like literally like bossing the midfield. He then just became a non-entity after that. Um, we've had quite a lot of players like Chris Buck who clearly had a lot of potential, um, had the TV programme Blue Heaven, they kind of picked them up as this next big thing. No doubt in his, his, his ability, because he was a fantastic crosser of the ball, could beat a man, was an old-fashioned winger. Could he really manage the, the expectation that was put on him, particularly playing for Rangers? He, I don't think he, he could do that. It wasn't until he came away from Rangers that he actually found himself as a player. And the likes of when he was a command, like he was like their best player. It's because he didn't have the expectation on him that the club... Like, come on, let's not get any expectations. Um, if they stay up, it's, it's a good thing. Do you know what I mean? If, Aye. So I, I think as well, it's like, it's one thing getting in the team um, and getting a few games, but then getting dropped, right, how do you respond to that? Um, these players, they all, like Davey says, it's the, the white line. Once they cross that white line, we only know then. And then we only know once they have these hiccups. Like, how good are you when something goes wrong? Um, and there's been many players like John Fleck that never really made the gate grade with us, but then went away and had a brilliant career. Um, aye. It's just, uh, there's, a lot of th- there's a lot of factors, obviously. There definitely is a lot of factors, and that's probably the, the, the risk I would see about booting too many, but I don't think three or four is too many. I wouldn't want to see, um, come the, the second of February, our bench is filled with, with nine, 18-year-olds, uh, but I think there's definitely a balance. 
Um, there's a few questions, a few good questions I, I kind of want to chat through. David Thompson, I'm going to pin this one to you. Um, apologies, because it's probably the, <laughs> the most difficult one we've been given. Half-headed Scottish Human, a lovely YouTube name. He's asked, who's been consistent over the past wee while, if anyone? So can you, do you think, MD, I think we've been very, very quick to criticise the performances of the players, and rightly so. I'm not going to there by. Can you think MD who's had a consistent run of form, um, even half-decent, and just been less pissed than the rest of them? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I think at the beginning of the season, Cholak fell into that mold that uh, I think he was he was quite good in the beginning. There were a few games up at the end that he sort of fell away, but I think he's been sort of a, the most, uh, I can't really can't really think of another one that maybe maybe Sands at, at centre half, Barisic possibly. Uh, I think that's about the three that have sort of a sort of a stood out. That have uh, I mean Kent certainly not been one of the worst. Uh, I, I would just to see, see Colin just to, to go back to something about the Lowry uh, point. Uh, we were talking in uh, at the in the pod on Thursday and sorry Friday it was and. Uh, you said that bringing in Stevie Davis was a was a great thing, and I said, yeah. And I said, I said I would have brought in a more attacking player. Well, I would have put, I would have put on Lowry at that point if he was fit enough. I don't I don't know his fitness, but I would have brought in Lowry at that point and and kept the pressure on Hibbs instead of uh, falling back uh, in the midfield. That that would have been my choice. But um, no, that, that, I I think Cholak's the, the the sort of a one that, that that stands out. That's been the the most uh, uh, playing the best football. Um, yeah, I can't think of another one. Uh, I think a... if you want to have a player of the year awards, then now then Cholak would probably have to get in. He's definitely been the um, he's definitely been the most successful signing. Would you put Alan McGregor in with the consistent form? I don't think he's been as terrible. No, it's not as terrible as you get made out. But it was quite... Uh, uh, Bill gave something away as well when he was talking about the starting lineup. Uh, uh He said that Cholak would have been on the team if he wasn't taken ill. And then somebody said, that, uh, yeah, but then Morelos wouldn't have been on the team. And I said, oh, Morelos would have been on the team. He said, I was going to play the two of them. So that's, that's a, 
a, a wee insight into what we can expect that he's going to start playing Morelos and Cholak together, what we've all been asking for. And you actually seen in the second half where you've been pulled Tillman up uh, a, a little bit more forward. Uh, you've seen sort of a Morelos playing more in and around uh, uh, Tillman. So no, it's, it's going to be quite interesting to see what that what that leads to. And uh, I don't know whether I've answered your question or not, but uh, that, oh, you that's, have, uh, and you've you've let me move love, uh, very nicely on to the next question. And it's an actual talking point that we wanted to get on to on Friday, but we ran out of time because we obviously these pods going very quickly, and it's probably about how how's Michael Beale came across in the press conferences, and I, I think I think the vast vast majority of Rangers fans are really enjoying. The, the wee snippets he's saying, but I think he's, um, I think the proof's got to be in the pudding um, if he can back this up. So, uh, David Park, we'll come to you. Um, Chris mentioned, uh, Chris asked, do you think Michael Beale will be true to his word that no one is safe in that team? I, I think that every manager's got to have his favourites and people who can trust more Van Brunnen Cross had it, Gerard had it, every Rangers manager, every manager in world football has it. But I think what we'll see with Michael Beale is players do need to earn that trust initially, at least over the next six months. Yeah, the Rangers support aren't stupid, Colin. So, I mean, if Michael Beale is playing someone who consistently doesn't perform, then, uh, you know, their opinion will be made known. So he can have favourites if he want. Clearly, he fancies Malik Tillman and Yanis Hadji, but uh, you, can, you know he's got a t- Tillman be one of his first picks because it just a, you know the the level of that he holds the player in. So, but if Malik Tillman doesn't perform, then uh, he will be a he will be left in no doubt. You know exactly what he's we, we think of him. You know that's the Rangers support. You know have a have a way of doing that. You know so. Uh, I'm hoping that you know if he's he said he's going to be ruthless, so the uh, ruthless doesn't allow. There's no room for for favourites and being ruthless. If you're performing, then you're in the team. If you don't, you're not. It, it should be uh, no more, no less than that. So um, and if the and if he wants to go to the B team and look at you know some options as to uh, getting some of these guys some game time and see how see how they perform. I think most. Of, I mean. It's, it's ability. There's there's, there's probably about twenty percent of it's about attitude. Some people will go onto that pitch, and I think uh, Craig's just mentioned some of them. Will go on the pitch where Rangers strip on, you know, get some some grief from the crowd, and then just fold, and they just can't handle it. Other players thrive in that, and 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 you know, roll up their sleeves and saying, "I I'll prove them." So it's not all about f- football ability. As I think, as we've said in the past, sometimes it's about the character and strength of character of the of the person themselves that will determine whether they'll be a successful Rangers player or not. It's uh, sometimes the best players. I mean, we'd we've had Kyle Hutton play for us in the Champions League. I mean, who who I then saw for a, a rather strange reason, what play with Partick Thistle at Livingston, and he looked like a Partick Thistle player. And he played for Rangers in the Champions League, so and and some and and you know allegedly you know played quite well. I was at the game at Old Trafford when we we, we actually got let off the hook that night, but 
by Fergie. He, uh, he, he uh, I think he just went easy on us. 3-0, he just made all the subs and uh, left it at that. But the Kyle Hutton, so sometimes they'll get in there, they have ability, sometimes it's just their character, they just do not rise to the occasion consistently, they can't take the flak, and they, and they move elsewhere and they'll say, and, and I think someone made the comment about uh, Barry Mackay, it was Andy Halliday was on one of the, 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 the shows, radio shows, and was talking about Barry Mackay, and he said of Barry, you know, because we, the Rangers support claimed he's the heart of a mouse. Andy Halliday said of Barry Mackay that if he could make the same money packing uh, shelves at Asda, then that's what he would be doing. He's just not got the attitude. He's just not got the strength of character to be a Rangers player. So that that's you often find that out. You know, once they've had a run of games, they're formed up slightly. You know, there's a reaction from the crowd. And either they fold or, or they, they try harder. It's so, and that's when that 20% of characters will kick in or not. And you'll find out whether they'll be a Rangers player or not. Definitely. Craig, you put in a wee comment um, there about uh, Michael Beale referring to them as them. Um, and um, a lot of, <laughs> I find the, the media paying that as. Um, quite childish um, for me at I, I spoke about I, I remember we, we ran this pod in uh, 2020 when when Gerard um, used Gerard's team used to show that disdain for Celtic um, I loved it because that's that's what if we have any chance of beating them on and off the park then we need to stop put them in a, in a pedestal so Michael Beale's we got that. Just in general, how's how have you found how he spoke since uh, he came back? See, first of all, we saying that Hugh Evans is media. We call, we call him media. Oh well, he couldn't get some access in me, so he must be. Hi, uh, <laughs> yeah, Hugh Evans. He's got the worst voice in fucking Scottish football. Man. He sounds specky. He's only got like it's the only specky voice I've ever heard. Um, I didn't have to look at him. Like when I was younger, he realised that he had fucking bifocals. Ah, he's one of the horrible types of people that you just go, how have you got a fucking job, mate? Um, he's got a job speaking, he literally cannot speak. Um, but I, I find it funny when the, the top cheerleaders start coming up. Um, and that's when you know that there's, they're, they're uncomfortable. There, there's an uncomfortableness um, over there now because... Um, See if he was. See if we came out and we absolutely bombed it, and we get tanked off a of hips, and we get leathered off a Leverkusen. That wouldn't even have came out. It would not be a talking point in any way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, we're talking about a football club that doesn't call it the old firm anymore, and we'll call us the opponents um, to just not call us by our name. But yet they find that distasteful that uh, our manager. By the way, probably didn't even mean it. Um, just calling them them, like what would do we need to call them the full name or something? Um, uh, he, by the way, he spoke. He spoke. Um, he, he was on a podcast um, before he came back, and he was talking about them and spoke about the two clubs being wonderful football clubs. And he spoke with high praise about them. Like, what, what do we need to do? Do we need to like bow down every time that we talk about them? Um, but I, I like the way that he speaks. He speaks um, 
I know that we've spoke before about the the language barrier. I, I never it never really washed with me because from Broncos has obviously what uh, played abroad for years, um, predominantly in Scotland and in England. Um, so he's, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, that knocked me right after. Um, I sorry for the audio listeners. Um, I shared a comment in the screen. Van uh, Fogel called me a fud because he wears my focal. So I apologise to any listeners of yours I have offended. I also wear specs for driving. Um, uh, maybe this will get me in the record tomorrow. I don't know. Any, any publicity is good publicity, Craig. Aye, I'll try and trump it. See, Hugh Evans is one of the types of guys that doesn't even need glasses. He just wears glasses just to look like a right dick. Um, but. Um, so, so that's a that's a disclaimer. Like, see if you do wear glasses because you need to wear glasses. We've got absolutely no issue with that, guys. Um, none whatsoever. Um, that's a line I never thought I'd <laughs> we'd have to say in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to get barred. Can I put my barred. glasses on then? Can I put can I put mine on? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Uh, but uh, I'm going to get barred. I'm getting blocked tonight, enough. Um, but so just going back to um, Bill. I mean, he gets asked kind of straight questions about injuries. <clears throat> he gives straight answers. Um, he gets asked straight questions about um, what he expects for players, and he gives straight answers. And he gives answers um, that you believe that he's going to act upon. I mean, I spoke about this on a podcast before where from Bronkhorst would say things that were needing to change, and then the following week we would see the same thing. And then he would say after the game, these things need to change. And it was a reoccurring thing where you start hearing the same thing over and over and over again. You know that everything that comes out of his mouth doesn't actually have su- have any substance. Um, so, with Bill, there's a... I mean, it's because he's new in post. Um, what he says, I'm believing just now. Because what he's said from the start, where he said, we need to we need to get better fitter, uh, fitness-wise. We need to press higher. We've been pressing higher. We want to be more attractive on the eye playing football. He's already said that, that if you're more attractive on the eye playing football up to the final third of the park, you're going to score more goals and you're going to win more football games. It's, it's basic football at the end of the day. Um, I bought into Michael Beale. Um It didn't take much. Uh, I think that's probably where we were at. Like We could have had David Martindale come in and basically go... We're just going to fucking put the ball up the park and we're going to try and score. And I'd be like, on you go, Davey. Uh, <laughs> that's the way that was. You'd be too scared to argue with Davey Martindale, to be fair. Um, Aye, no, I know. I know. But I think that's that's the level of where I was at pre-Beal, where any kind of improvement was going to get me completely bought in. Um, I'm now at the point where I'm actually looking forward to the 2nd of January um, to see where we're at um, come that game. And... Just as importantly, I want to see where they're at when they're up against a team that can actually high press quality football when they've got a stadium against them. I, I I'm looking forward to it. David Thompson, I'll bring you in because you you actually raised the point on Friday, but we ran out of time. Um, probably what which uh, I'm going to guess you're in agreement with how Beals came across in the press conferences, but also. Like, as well as that, how do you see the players buying in them as well? Because I'm the same as Craig. I really look forward to the 2nd of January to see how these players respond um, more than then, and we'll see how they are, how they, how much they're buying into Bill's tenure. 
Well, I think he's a, a, been a breath of fresh air, really. Um, he's been honest. He talks uh, He talks to the point. He doesn't muck about. And he, he gives you more information than any other manager we've had up, up in the last while anyway that I can remember. Uh, no, absolutely breath of fresh air. And, yeah, I mean, even today, I'd actually, I'd, I, 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 uh, sort of, I criticised the guys asking questions a few weeks ago, and but I've actually think that they've actually got a lot better now. And there was even a a question that I heard in the the, the press conference about uh, Redvan when he was coming back, and seemingly he's still about five weeks away. So. I, I think, I mean, that's the kind of questions that we want to, to, to hear and we're getting answers from them. Uh, whereas with, with Gio, it was a, a sort of a to, talked in circles, didn't he? And you still didn't get an answer to, to what he was saying. Whether it, whether it's because he was Dutch or not, I don't know. Because, um, I mean, if my wife talks to him every night and I can't make sense of it. So that, that's, <laughs> it might, might be in the middle. That's a... We get into spec guys, people with spectacles, and now I'm getting into Dutch people. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I think his, his press conference is absolutely absolutely great now. Uh, he's fine to listen to. I think the team are, are buying into it for a simple reason. You could just see they're happier. You could uh, it just when they were, when they were out in the park. Oh, you wouldn't say that in the. The, the the first half right enough against Hibs, but uh, you can you can just the, the, the way we're playing football, the way that Kent's not tied to the touchline, uh or Sakala was was still not wasn't touch uh, stuck to the touchline. Uh the, we're we're actually putting balls I said it in the pod a few weeks ago, when do you ever see a ball getting played down the channels with with Geo hardly ever? And Look at the, the, the ball that uh, Tavernier put in for Tillman down the channel. Absolutely brilliant ball, which which uh, ended up in the goal. Uh, no, I, I think the players are showing it in their, their, the way they're playing. I mean, even look at Morelos now, the, the way he was running about. Totally different player from what he was a few weeks ago. I, th- I think definitely think they're buying into it. And uh, I think, am I looking forward to 2nd of January? Well, if we get a couple of centre-halves back, I, I will be. But I'm afraid John Lundstrom against uh, the Celtic attack. I'm not really, not really up in that one. The them attack. We don't, we don't mention the Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, them, them attack. Yeah, sorry. Uh, don't back down, double down. Uh, we've we've pissed enough people off. I've just got to go full one eighty. That's we're going for it. I don't even um, like you. Just sack me. <laughs> <laughs> um, David, I'll, I'll stick with you, um, and then we'll move around, move around the table just on Tuesday. Then, so you kind of uh, touched on the hopefully having a few defenders back, and there's been a few questions coming about how do we line up on on Tuesday night. If we have, I'm going to assume Ben Davies can feature at some point. Um, I would start him along with James Sands in the centre of the defence, and other than that. I wouldn't change the team for Tuesday. Is there any changes you would make? Well, I think the the the, the big change that he might make is he might drop Sakal and bring in Cholak like he was intending to do against Hibs. Um, put Cholak and Morelos up front together. Then you'll 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 probably see in that situation you'll probably see Morelos dropping a wee bit deeper, as he probably does anyway, and. 
Morelos is he's one of the best players that I've seen for a long time for just one touch in the ball around the corner on onto a running player and uh, I think I think that's that that might be the the, the the difference. I would certainly start if Davis is fit. He said that um, that Connor Golson had only trained twice and that uh, Davies had trained three times. So now Davies has got another couple of uh, days training under his belt. Hopefully he'll be he'll be fit and and ready to go for for Tuesday night. And uh, no, I, I think I think that that will be the big difference. I don't think I think he'll keep Kent. There's no way he'll move. Tavernier will stay. Um, I think well, I think he's got to keep the, the young boy because we've nobody else in the in the divine and the and the left. There's nobody else to put in there at the moment. So I, I think it'll be the same team except uh, well, obviously Lundstrom will drop, drop out and uh, Davies will come in and. Cholak and uh, and Cholak or Sakala. That that's that'll probably the the other one. David Park, um, a few comments in about potentially uh, Leon King. Um, if he's over that sickness work, we don't know to what extent. Um, also about John Lundstrom going in with Jack or Kamara. Um, as much as I am a huge fan of John Lundstrom, I don't think we need to searching too many pods to find me praising them. Um I, I do it more often than not. I think we need to go if we if we buy any Bill's comments about being in the team on merit, um I think the second half Jack and Kamala gave a very good account of themselves and I would I, I would start them on Tuesday. Well I think uh, if it's the same Aberdeen that I saw yesterday who are going to be playing us on Tuesday. We shouldn't really be worrying about centre halves. I think I could play centre half on Tuesday night, to be honest. So they had one shot and goal in what ninety odd minutes. So I think we need to win the mid- midfield battle. So if John Lundstrom's going to help us do that, then uh, we we should. I'll, I'll leave it up to the manager. But certainly Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara looked very good, particularly the second half on Thursday night, winning the ball and 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 getting the the attacks going again, and then. You know, robbing them of possession and going again. So, if uh, if that's what the, the standard, they can hopefully see that again on Tuesday night. But, but one other wee thing would, in terms of uh, them, I I will not be taking any you know lesson sermons from them and and being disrespectful. You know, because uh, they have, they are the gold standard of disrespectful. So I wouldn't read uh, too much into that. Wouldn't pay too be too too much attention to uh, Hugh Keevens if he's going to have a go at Michael Beale for being disrespectful because uh, we're, we're not even in the same league as them. So, Craig, what about you? Tuesday night, is uh, any any other changes you would make? Um, probably thinking about the potential potential options for Stephen Davis gave a good account of himself when he came on. Um, and I, I agree with both of Davies. Uh, we, I say this on Friday night as well. I don't want to say I don't want to pick the team based on who we're playing. I want to pick the team based on who we've got and who's in form. Uh, because uh, if we play our own game, well, Aberdeen will be nowhere near us, and we we shouldn't overthink it. I think I think it's mind-boggling. Like see the the game that we played against them at Ibrox, where we absolutely cattled them. Um, 
I, I'd made a comment after it and said, like, normally you go through the Aberdeen team and there's kind of mainstays where you know them and you know what you're going to come up against when you play them. Uh, the likes of Ferguson when they had them, Considine that just seemed to, like, he seemed to be in that team for the last 40, 50 years. Um, you'd lose, it would have been goals. Um, they would always have strikers that would seem to kind of... Uh, cause upset against us. Um, see that Aberdeen team? I don't know any of them. Um, they're rank rotten and it's scary that they're actually sitting third in our division um, based on the performances that they've had against us in, in Celtic. Like, um, they're normally one of the teams that you know aren't really going to cause much of an upset against Celtic um, barring the, the 55 season when like Peters Hill could have played them and caused an upset. But um, when they come up against us, you tend to go, ah, fuck, it's Aberdeen. Um, I'm, I'm really not concerned. Um, I hope that doesn't come back to bite me in the backside. Um, I hope that Beale as well has learned from his predecessor. Um, I mean, and Gerard, by the way, with us, because um, Gerard came in and he would build these games up. And, and I think he learned near the end like to stop doing that, stop bigging teams up um, that we're coming up against and stop making it out to be like another old firm when you're playing against your Hibs or your Hearts or your Aberdeens. Um, at the end of the day, Aberdeen might be third, but they've shown what they can, what they're, what, where they're really at when they're playing against Celtic and they're playing against us. And they were one of the games under Van Bronckhorst that they kept Van Bronckhorst in a game because of all that fucking poor. Um, it wasn't that we were that great it was that Aberdeen were absolutely shocking um, I don't see huge changes um, I don't want to see huge changes I want to start seeing a Rangers team that um, you can basically pick week on week um, I know that the defence it's going to be hard to do that until Goldson and, and Davies are, are back permanently and then you've got the kind of left back situation with Barisic and Yilmaz Um the, the, who do you go with there once both are, are back and fully fit um, but I, I want us to start having a, a recognisable midfield that even if it's not my first choice of midfield because um, Lundstrom would be in my team every single week um, maybe not on merit right now but just because of what he's capable of doing um, I, I'm the same on ability and that's but I hold my hands up and I think that if Jack and Kamara play the same they did the second half, then John Lundstrom has to work his way back into that midfield. 100%. But it's like, see, see teams that win, like Rangers teams and, and the team for the other side, whenever we win leagues either side, um, it's the generally it's the same team that's playing week on week. And um, for the first half of the season, like you could roll a dice and pick the team that, that we've been putting out. Um, I want to see you starting to have a, a ready really, really settled team that um, you know basically barn maybe one or two um, is, is going to be playing. So I would have no issues if they played Jack and, and Kamara. Um, and see at the end of the day whether Kamara is going to stay or not. Um, I think for us to earn some coin for him, he needs to start up in the level and performing. And the only way he's going to do that is if he's getting games on the park. So Definitely. Yeah. So... There's one point I, I do want to come to last, gents. I know we're slightly over the hour, but we'll spend five minutes before we wrap up with the predictions. And um, Davy Thompson, I'll come to you first. You put this in the chat today, and I thought it was interesting. Um, and it's it's a topic that pops his head up. 
every six months or so. And usually when Rangers and Celtic get a doing in in Europe, um, but it's never really the right time to talk about it because if you talk about it when you're performing really well, you come across as arrogant. If you talk about it when you're doing poor, it sounds like sour grapes. But this is a, a notion of how much does um, uh, the Scottish League potentially hold Rangers or Celtic back competing in the in the European stage. So I think um, yesterday um, is, and we see this time and time again where teams will only have 20% possession and we we don't really try and play a pretty game in this country. Um, for any, not just Rangers or Celtic, for any club to then try and translate in a completely different style of play in the Europe and compete, um, I think it is, I think it's a very interesting uh, conversation. There's probably two schools of thoughts. If you think, um, if you wrote the magic wand, do Rangers go elsewhere? Um, who would take is as a European League or Premiership? Or do you just change how we set up the game in Scotland? I'm probably of the latter. I don't think that's, I think Rangers and Celtic are more likely to leave Um Scotland in the next twenty years, rather than the SPFL and SFA change its structure. But what's your what's your thoughts on it? Well, as you said, I put it up in the 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 uh, WhatsApp today because it's a thing I, I really think. I mean, when you've got a team that is sitting for ninety minutes and are happy with well, one, I think it was one shot at goal that that he scored right, uh, it, uh, took right at the end. Made a run up the park, and for the rest, it was hardly anything. Uh, and as you said, we've seen teams, Rangers have uh, 85%, and the other team 15% at times. Uh, normally, at the end of the game, it's around about 80 to 20. And it's just, a, a, and it's not just our league, what is that, what this, what that. I mean, obviously, the perfect for, for us would be if we could get down to England. But I think that uh, the chances of that happening are very, very. Slim. I don't think there's a big chance of that. Uh, I think there's too many clubs would put in a, a protest against that, and we'd probably have to start our way down in uh, the fourth division. Would would we want that? Uh, we know what it's like to go through the leagues, and it's not a great thing. So uh, you look at the money in Scottish football: eight million pound was it for 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 to to, to twenty nine or something like that. Uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's, uh, when you look at other leagues, I mean, I think the Dutch league for their TV deal was about sixty million, and I mean they're not happy with that. So I, I think the the Dutch league is certainly they, you've got three big teams. You've got uh, Ajax, Feyenoord, and PSV, uh, and I'm going to get murdered with, with my friends from the, the, the support FC Twenty, but um, they're uh, the the three teams are, are miles ahead of the rest of them. They're the only teams that have got a chance of winning the league, and even Feyenoord don't do it that often. So you could probably get in there, and I think the Belgium leagues the same. I think that I think that would be the most chance that we've got to to get into another league. But I definitely think we need to do something to. And the thing is, I, I mean, I wouldn't be totally against a, a, a league. All the top teams get, starting up a top European league. If there was a chance for other teams to get into it, if we could, if we could start in a second or third division and get up to to the, your Barcelona's and your your Real Madrid's, 
then you can work up to that. I wouldn't be against it. But if it's going to be a, a league where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, then it, then it would be totally against it. But I definitely think we need to need to do something because the, the money in the Scottish League is just not there for teams like Rangers or Celtic. We definitely need to do something. Nah. David Pollock, um, I'll be honest, uh, I like the romantic notion of football and the... the the opportunity for underdog stories as well and probably a more fair playing ground than I think. And I know this is a wee boy coming out of me, but any cup competition, whether it's the Scottish Cup or Champions League, I dream of a day where it's just names with a hat and CD seeds and that. But the world doesn't work like that, so um, I need to accept that. But that's how I've always been more... I've never really bought any the Atlantic League or definitely not the European Super League. Um, and I think it's always... Um, uh, my, 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 my dream, if you like, is just investing more in the Scottish game and just changing the structure. I'd love to see a 16-team Scottish League, but I don't think that's either of these are likely to happen. What's your thoughts? Well, I'm... Um... And, and David is as well. I'm old enough to remember, you know, we had the, the first division, you know, which ended in 1975 when we had an 18-team first first division and you would play each team twice. That sounds so fucking brilliant. It sounds brilliant. It really does. You would... What I'd, I can say about that uh, structure is that it allowed teams, you know, who were kind of mid-division uh, to come to Ibrox and have a go at you. So I remembered, you know... Uh, when we get scudded 3-0 by Dundee, you know, we, we lost 2-0 to Hibs at Ibrox when there was, I would think, less pressure on them now. I think I don't think the, the, the financial divide was huge at that time. It wasn't as big as it is now. So, I mean, and that was a long time ago. But the problem we have at the moment is, is, is just David's just identified. It's just a lack of money. I mean, in this season, we've two games in particular I can think of. One game we played one we played Livingston and we drew one each when they scored right at the start. And we then spent the rest of the time hammering them, trying to get, you know, an equaliser we eventually did through John Lundstrom. And we almost got the winner right at the death with John Lundstrom also. And 80% possession we had. So Livingston, limited resources, come bloody park the bus just keep Rangers out. Managed to score in the first right at the start. You now get something to defend. And then it's just a question of wave after wave after wave of Rangers attack. And we, we I was in the Copeland rear that day. And I just get more and more frustrated about our inability to score. Eventually, we did get got a one each draw, UP. But the other game I can think of was against Aberdeen. When Jim Goodwin obviously was starting to believe the press, when Gio was having some issues and, you know, Rangers, you know, they're they're struggling a wee bit at the moment. And he thought he would come to Ibrox and have a go. I think this is the game you were referring to a moment ago, Craig. They got absolutely pulverised. It was 4-0. It should have been 8, maybe even 10. They got absolutely bluttered. So, Davy Martindale saying, should I go with the Aberdeen model or should I go with the Livingston model? And they will generally go with the Livingston model because they've got, they, the players aren't as good. So, they just play to their strengths and play the, the guys across the back, and we've now just got the low block. We've just got to defeat the low block. So we're uh, pretty much the architects of our own demise. I think if there was more money and there was a better standard of player, 
you know, at Aberdeen, at Livingston, at, and at the rest of the clubs in the SPFL, then we would have a more of an even contest. At the moment, it's just us and them who, who just come up against the low block week in, week out. But uh, so that's pretty much where, where I see. I, I don't see that not, there's not enough money because the I only caught five minutes of uh, the SPFL highlights last night in sports scene, and it was Ross County versus uh, St. Johnson. And St. Johnson, you know, 1 2 1. And they, they were shooting to the, the, the goal on the left hand side. And in the stand, where, where the, the highlight of one of the St. Johnson goals, in the stand behind the goal, I counted three people. Three people in the stand. Terrible. Obviously, I think there was more on the left-hand side, which were kind of it was a wee bit better populated. But in in the camera shot when they're showing the highlight of the goal, and it just struck me at the time, saying, "What do English people think of Scottish football when they see that? Here is the you know the top division game. Here is one of the goals, and here's and they show you, and there's three people in the stand behind the goal, and you're thinking, you know, it's toy town football. No, it's no wonder that they laugh at us. And and does that inhibit Rangers? You know, to then go to to Europe, well, it does because it, it, we just need to bring the whole thing up a level. You know, playing against better players week in week out would obviously have us better prepared. It would be a much more attractive product for TV, which would generate more money. So that we're we're in a in a bind, to be honest. How we the the bureaucrats at the SPFL, Doncaster et al are absolutely culpable for, for, you know, doing a deal, you know, which takes us to 2029 or something, you know, so we're, uh, we're actually going to be getting less money year on year. So that, that and that's the, the position we're in, which is, uh, so that the money's just not there for us to, to, and that's, to a, that's a problem, Davy. Like you hit the nail on the head where the money's not there to improve the product. But um, so, so we need people to spend money to help improve the product, but we need a better product to get people to spend money on it. And that's for TV and fans. And so, Craig, I'll, I'll bring you in on the last point here. Um, like David Thompson mentioned about like the big three in Holland, PSV, Fire and Arden and Ajax. And there is a model in Holland where, or the Netherlands, sorry, I don't want to offend them else. Um, we've kind of went through everybody. Um, but there is that model where a bigger proportion of the money they make from Europe will go back into the league. To And I think it's um, to to help with keeping um, insurers no artificial pitches. How would you feel if Rangers and Celtic had to do that? Or more, <laughs> more concerning us, how would you feel if Rangers shared more of the wealth. Um, I'm absolutely torn with it because we should get fuck all back after what we've done, but at the same time, I want to see your game improve. Uh, I, get, I get what you're saying there in terms of you want to see the, the game improve because ultimately we would gain out it um, in the long run. Uh, <clears throat> I go back to when they announced that, that, that what Davey was talking about at length there about the the money just not being there and really what comes of it is that we get TV deals that <clears throat> they get fed to us as if it was an amazing thing and then really when you look at it you're going in real terms that's actually less than what we normally make um, but yet they put, put it out like in the media and they put it out on social media and stuff is like look what we've done and it's like see if that was really like a, a top company um, like 
like Scottish Gas or such like where there's like proper shareholders that hold people accountable and board members that hold people accountable, they'd be like they would go to whoever done that and go, What the fuck are you then, mate? Um but there's no one that does that in Scottish football because there seems to be this ceiling that Doncaster is at the top of and, and nobody can really knock him off the ceiling at all. Um and he's obviously propped up. And this is, we've spoken about this at length as well in this pod that it all started with John Reid and then Lowell and inevitably Lowell, the, the, the guy that was never going to come back to football is now back again. Um, <clears throat> we all know what happened in the early 2000s when, when they started getting mm-hmm. So they, they became the establishment club. Um, they don't like admitting that. They will never admit it, but they are. Um, it suits them down to a T. Um, you'll never ever really get Celtic fans that will, will say that kind of stuff. Like what you're talking about there, Colin, is very much fuck everyone else. Um, sorry for swearing, but it's probably the least worst thing that I've said all night. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye. See, after 2012, um, I really could not care a jot. Um, and I'm using Dave AP's language there. Um, I really couldn't care less. Um, what, what other clubs do and how bad they're, they're feeling. Um, and that game that Davey watched with the three people behind the goal, that was probably ball boys. Um, do you know what I mean? There's, there's a number of football clubs in this country that if I was to wake up tomorrow and find out that they uh, are bulldozing their stadiums for Tesco um, or Morrison's, I would be over the fucking moon. Um, like, I, by the way, do you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, break my me here. Uh, they're no longer a customer of ours anyway, but um, I worked in um, Thompson's house, um, the, the son of Thompson, um, that owned uh, Dundee United. And it was the year after we played them to win the league in Paradise. And uh, the, the wife was absolutely overjoyed um, that uh, Satanta was going under because it was going to put pressure on other clubs. Um, oh, how the mighty fall, do you know? Um, also, another, and I'm better than actually I was going to say. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, the disdain for Rangers in that household was uh, unreal. Because um, like, I'd said, oh, I was at your stadium during the summer and stuff, and the, the face turned from smile to, oh, you're one of them. Um, so, like, see, when people think that we're paranoid about how other clubs view us and stuff, it's real. Um, and how I view other football clubs is real as well, because I, I have absolutely no no care in the world for any other football club in this country apart from the Rangers. Um, that's, um, that's a very poetic, sentimental note to finish on, I think. Uh, finish it before I definitely <laughs> can, I just, can I just say one thing, Colin? One last point yeah. on you got. Yeah, it's a very quick one. You can probably travel to Amsterdam and Brussels quicker than you can to Ross County, which uh, which makes it an easy an easy thing as well. And I'm sure I'll speak for us all um, by saying that there's much, uh, there's a much better, um, a, a much, much better nightlife element um, in Amsterdam and Rotterdam than there is in Dingwall. Um, I think there's far more, far more attractions there that would uh, see your money well spent. Um, You've obviously never been to the right bits in Dingwall. <laughs> The the dime wall days can't it beat them, but no. I, I want cheers for chatting through that. Was just, it's a really good point. I think um, we've spent about fifteen minutes on it, but I think it's definitely something you could spend two hours talking through because it is 
there is uh, so many elements um, for the Rangers angle, for the self-service Scottish football angle, but no, thank you for indulging me. Um, I think that's... Um, I think that's uh, time to wrap up, gents, a wee bit of a longer pod. As always... Um, Thank you to everybody listening. Uh, again, if you can find us a like or follow, wherever it is, we'll be um, we'll be back on Thursday at half eight with a live stream uh, talking through hopefully a win over Aberdeen. And over the weekend, we'll have a transfer show drop, just discussing any transfer targets uh, and potential players we want to see moving on. Um, all that's left to do is thank my three guests for coming on and pushing them for a prediction for Tuesday night away to Aberdeen. Uh, start for the top, David Thomason. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks. It's amazing uh, everybody that comes on to listen. Really enjoy the comments. Uh, a prediction. I'm go- I'm going to push the boat out, and I'll go for three one for Rangers. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, aye. Uh, three goals to the good. As long as we don't concede first, and then we're uh, it's um, uh, streaky bum time. David Pollock, thank you for coming on. It's good to be back on and uh, looking forward to Tuesday night, 2-0 Rangers, Ryan Kane, Alfredo Morelos. Should we should we should probably win it more comfortably, but I'll settle for 2-0. <laughs> settle for a 2-0. I how this season's gone. I'm I'll settle for a 2-0 every game of the season. Uh, for now until until May. And last by no means least, Craig Campbell. Thank you for coming on, mate. Not a problem. Uh, my prediction is P45. Fucking uh, <laughs> after the night's performance. Um, comfortable Rangers win 3 0 uh, would do me. Um, aye. And just, I want to see us a bit more um, battling um, than we have in the last few months. Um, so, aye. If we get a battling performance against Aberdeen and get the three points, I'll be over the moon. Absolutely. I think um, we need to go there and play our own game and. And don't overthink it. Um, and don't give them too much respect, but don't don't overthink it. Go play our own game. We're a better footballing team. We've got better footballers. We should be able to pick them apart if we just... What Michael Beale said, uh, he said at half-time, just relax and play the game. Trust in the process. That's what, that's what I want to see for this team. So I'm going to go for a 3-0 Rangers. Um, hopefully a comfortable win. Um, but again, thank you to everybody for listening. Hope your team wins on Tuesday. We are the people.